We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. On Perpetual Chess, I have weekly conversations with chess players, personalities, authors, and adult improvers about their lives, their careers, and about chess improvement. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters. For more information, go to perpetualchesspod.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have an outstanding guest this week, a super strong player. He is a grandmaster. He is the five-time champion of Africa. In 2017, he became the first Egyptian player, the first Arab player, and the first African chess player ever to reach the 2700 rating. He's currently ranked number 38 in the world. And just for good measure, he is also a medical doctor and a dad. So GM Basam Amin, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, Ben. I'm very happy to be with you. And uh, I hope everyone will enjoy our talk. Yes, I hope so too. And listeners, I hope the audio is all right. Egypt to New Jersey is a long Skype call um, and there's a mild bit of static, but I think it is workable and I couldn't pass up an opportunity to speak with this um, incredible representative of the chess world. Um, So Bassam, getting down to chess, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is I was quite eager to talk to someone who had played in the FIDE World Cup, which as we record is in the finals, but um, Mm -hmm. has been going on, of course, over the past month. Um, and will be, I think, over by the time listeners listen to this next week. But uh, could you tell yeah. us about your trip, about the chess, about the flight, uh, as much detail as you can about the overall experience? Okay, uh, this time World Cup was in Hunting Mexico, and this my, I think, fifth or sixth time I play World Cup, and third time in Hunting Mexico. Uh, okay, it didn't go so well for me this year. I was against a young Iranian player, uh, Tabatavai. Uh, he's very strong and uh, when the pairings were made, he was rated 26-10. Uh, but by the time World Cup started, he had already gained more than 30 points, or 26-40 something. And um, okay, I had uh, a training camp before uh, World Cup with uh, 
מיכאל אולפינקו, קרימינגן מוסר, have been a major theme of this World Cup, I would say, and I'd like to follow up yes. on that a little bit. But do you mind, I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name of the Ukrainian GM that you said that you did some training with? Oleksienko uh, Mikhailo. Ah, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, and just to, to get back to the, the question of nerves, and just for listeners who are not so familiar with the World Cup, I should probably give a few more details. It's one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Um, there's pretty good prize money, but also the top two finishers uh, get to qualify for the candidates turn- tournament to determine who plays Magnus Carlsen in the next world championship. So it's a very prestigious, very important tournament. Um, obviously, I'm guessing it's been circled on your calendar for a long time. Um, so this issue of nerves, I, I feel like it's gained greater traction, particularly uh, GM Vichigov, who had a nice run before yeah, being eliminated. Yeah, he's He's been pretty outspoken mm-hmm. in just kind of the toll that it takes. Are the nerves... Uh, a lot more heightened than than your typical tournament that you play in. Yes, of course. I mean, this World Cup happens once every two years, so I mean, it's not something you could say, okay, I'll compensate next tournament. You know, still two years time to to this, so it's uh, very high pressure. Also very prestigious. Also high prizes at stake. And okay, of course, when you win second round, third round, and you go further and further, the pressure is higher yeah, because you're getting close.
with all the nerves every day playing is stressing so it's just exhausting tournament i believe people who reach the final need at least one month to recover from this tournament right and how do you approach it as a professional and as a dad i know that it can be tricky the there's decent conditions as far as i understand it for professionals like yourself but on the other mm-hmm. hand you're as you say you're you're traveling for 24 hours and you don't know how long mm-hmm. you're going to be there so do you book mm-hmm. a round trip flight um or do you just book a one way and uh how does it feel to be away from your family and not know when you're coming back uh, okay well the cup is different of course because as you say you don't know when you're coming back but of course it's before traveling Everyone tells me, okay, we don't want to see you for a month. Right. <laughs> but usually I don't stay that long. Uh, but yeah, okay, it's different. Okay, luckily my federation booked the ticket, so they booked a round trip. And uh, okay, if, if we need to change the ticket, they they just do it. Uh, they call some someone in Egypt and they do it uh, from Egypt and just send back a new ticket. So, yeah, I'm lucky to have uh, help from federations there. And, yeah, but for family, of course, I mean, they know, okay, if I win, I stay more. If I lose, then I come back. So, at least there's co- something good. Yeah? If I lose, I, yeah. I get to come back quickly and be with my family. So, uh, so yeah. I'm really at least. <laughs> kind of a win-win. And does the federation help out with yeah. the hotel as well? Yes, yeah, for the World Cup, the uh, federation takes care of, uh, of everything, which is, very good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I hope that, that that that's the case for a lot of people, although I'm not necessarily sure that it is. Um, uh, it's, it's, not. Okay, <laughs> it's not always here like that also, but uh, for, for World Cup, at least for most of the World Cup players, this was the case. So this is one, one good thing from the Egyptian Chess Federation. And what's your overall opinion of the format? Because I feel like there's kind of a subtext to some of the comments um, from GM mm-hmm. Rajabov and from GM Vuchikov and from others that, that, I mean, I as a chess fan find it extremely entertaining, as I, I've mentioned in the past, and I think a lot of others do as well. But I understand that mm-hmm. it's a totally different format for professionals like yourself, and the stakes are so high. So do you, mm-hmm. do you think that it's a, do you, are you, do you think it's a good choice of format considering the stakes? I think it's very interesting, and as you said, people, viewers like it, which is very important for chess. If you, we want to promote our game, we need people to like what they're watching. Yeah? So I think it's um, very interesting, and the point of, uh, you know, you have to win, must win game, even classical, rapid, the pressure you are, you're having. Okay, for the players, okay, I mean, you don't always enjoy travels for like 24 hours to just play two games and go back home, you know. Could be a bit annoying. But okay, this is a part of the format, you know it before you go and uh, it's your decision if you want to play or not. I mean, some players didn't choose not to play. Uh, but okay, this is, it's their decision to make. But if you agree to play, then you know what you are going to play uh, what conditions you are playing for and, and so on and you, you accepted it so yeah you just go and do your best but yeah i think it's uh, very interesting and uh, yeah the bad part is that it, it doesn't always decide on the classical chess yeah it could be like one blitz game that decide everything which is uh doesn't mean that the best is winning but uh, okay, I mean, if you get there, that means that you're almost equal. Yeah? If you like get to a medal, you know, like after eight games, and you still couldn't win, then okay, some luck is needed, you know, always. And uh, like you know, it's like football penalty kick, you know, <laughs> the best maybe not winning, but okay, at least the other guy proved to be as strong as the other one. So in in so many games already. So it means something after all. Okay, nerves, uh, chest preparation, physical preparation, you know, mental preparation. It's so many things, you know, because we play for so long time. And I think it's a very strong tournament. And the winner is really, really, really strong. And he must be from the best to win such long event. Yeah, it seems... And I think it's proven, yeah, that all previous World Cups are... are 
you know, only top players make it to like quarterfinals. You don't find some even. I believe not 2600 makes it to quarterfinals. And I don't know, in the last 10 years maybe. Yeah. At least. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's. I understand the complaints, but yeah, from a fan perspective, it's so much fun. And I'm not sure. I guess the alternative would be. I mean, if you're going to invite that many players, the alternative would just be a big Swiss tournament. Um, a big classical yeah, Swiss tournament. Kind of what we're having in the Grand Swiss. Uh, yeah, exactly. Next week, yeah. yeah, which also presents an opportunity to qualify for the candidates. Um, and yeah. in, in terms of conditions, I'm guessing it, it would be a little bit harder because at least in, in, the, um, in the World Cup, the prizes go up with every round that you advance. So um, yeah. um, that's a welcome change. And how do you... Yeah, exactly. In, in, in the service, you can give prizes for everyone playing at least. Okay, what's good is happening is that okay, accommodation and tickets are covered, but okay, prizes, you have to play really well to get uh, some prize. But right. in all this stuff, at least everyone is getting prize, so yeah, not so bad. <laughs> and how do you prepare for the different time controls? That was another thing that uh, GM Vichikov, I just read an interview on Chess24 before we started recording, and he was saying it's difficult to prepare for all the different time controls at once. So how did you approach that mm-hmm. in, in your training leading up to this event? Yeah, it's a bit of a problem actually because, okay, like in, in Rapid, you could have totally different openings on the Classic and in the Blitz, it's another thing, of course, if you get to the Blitz. So it's very difficult actually, but uh, okay, I think it differs from a player to another because, okay, like for me, I have a very narrow repertoire, if you may say. I, I don't play so many openings. So I play my openings anyway in Classic and in Rapid and Blitz. It's the same things I play any, everywhere. Uh, but for some players, they, okay, who, who like play so many variations, they could choose some, uh, okay, for Classic they play like normal solid lines, but for Rapid and Blitz they could play some a bit dubious but more tricky variations. So yeah, this is of course very helpful for them. For me, okay, it's also good because what I play, I have some experience in, you know, so I don't waste so much time on the opening, usually, or is that what I try to do? <laughs> uh, not, not always the case, of course. Right. But okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, each player has its own strategy for that. But um, yeah, mainly, no, for me, before preparing, I was mainly preparing for the classical tournament, for the classical games, not the rapid or plays. Okay. Because, and- okay, I mean, even, even for the, like, if you get advantage or so on, uh, if you are just not in your best shape, then even a piece up couldn't be enough. Yeah? So it's not, not much to do about that with preparation. Right. <laughs> um, and is there anything you can do to prepare for the nerves? Is there any sort of simulation you can do, or you just kind of have to experience it? Uh, well, I'm not sure I'm not the expert there. So <laughs> I mean, things <laughs> obviously not going so well for me in the World Cup, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, to be physically physically in shape is very important. I think it helps a lot with the nerves if you are physically in shape, which I'm not. And <laughs> uh, also, also, if you have to, like, you have played some uh, tournament, like, not more than two weeks before, just to to be in uh, in, in good form. And uh, yeah, because like first, especially first two rounds. The classic rounds, if you are not in shape or you haven't played in a tournament for a month or something, you still feel like, okay, you need to, to warm up, you know, but there is no time to warm up, you know, because your first game could be your last, you know, so you never know. So you, you need to be already in good form starting the tournament. And this is, I think, very, very difficult to achieve. Yeah, especially with, with the jet lag. Um and yes. of course, you're you're playing one of these these young hotshots in GM Tabatabai, mm-hmm. and and I saw a mm-hmm. quote where uh, GM Laurent Frissonnet, uh said that that he thinks that as you get as one gets older, that that nerves can become more of a problem. So in that sense, playing yeah. someone so young who's uh, hasn't had a chance mm-hmm. to to properly appreciate the the stakes um, can can be a problem. Do you do you think that's true? That generally. Uh, strong players like yourself, their their nerves can get worse over over years and decades. Yeah, okay. Of course, when you are younger, you don't have so many things to worry about. You know, just you are only playing chess and enjoying the game. 
and nothing else. But of course, with time, you get more responsibilities. You have family, you have other things to take care about. So it's all you keep coming to your mind. But okay, I, mean, uh, I would like to think that okay, still I'm 31 years now, so I hope still not so old yet. Uh, I hope still some at least five more years to to keep improving, and then yeah, okay. Once you get over 40, I'd say it's already okay. Time to to see what's what's happening. <laughs> okay, but still, uh, some people like okay, Vichy, of course, and Ivan Shok. These people, you know, they keep inspiring everyone and giving us hope that even at this age, they can still compete with the best and very young opponents. So, yeah, I hope yeah. there's more time that, yeah, uh, that I can still play and fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're incredibly inspiring. And and am I correct, uh, GM Bassam, that you are you are not practicing medicine right now? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, for uh, three years and a half now, since I finished my army service, March two thousand sixteen, I uh, I had to choose between chess and medicine, of course, because both require so much time and uh, a lot of studying and preparing and training and so on. So I chose to, to continue playing chess for well till now, and uh, I would say I had I made some good progress since then in chess. I made it to 2700, and uh, yeah, won a couple, I mean, few strong tournaments, and yeah, I think my chess improved uh, a little bit. And uh, okay, I still feel I I can do much better in chess. Uh, of course, I just need to work more, and of course, if I get uh, proper coaching, sometimes that also helps. Uh, okay, still uh, so many things needed to to compete with the top top players. It's I mean, they're young, they're strong, very well prepared, and always working hard. So I mean, it's totally new level to compete with these uh, very strong players. But uh, okay, I'm trying the best that I can do on my own. Of course, I'm hoping to have more support from the country, but it's, it's not so easy to achieve or to get. But yeah, I'm just trying to, to work uh, with what's possible for me, which is online and uh, computer. So. Yeah, it seems players at, around your level in particular, around that top 75 to top 25, it seems... Uh, it seems so tantalizingly close to, I mean, obviously you guys have achieved, achieved incredible things. I mean, it's just staggering to be the best player on, on your continent is something I can't even mm-hmm. begin to fathom. But on the other hand, like when I interviewed GM uh, Vidit Gujarati, he, he mentioned similarly, he was hoping to put a team together because he was at the time in the, uh, around number 25 in the world and just so close to that level where you just, the invitations come pouring in and, mm-hmm. you, and you can really hope to make a push to challenge for the world championship. Um, so yeah. how, how does it like... How does it work within your country? Do you do you do you take meetings about finding um, sponsorship to to help assemble a team, or do you have someone who's able to do that for you? And do you do you ha- do you find yourself having to be bothered with this stuff, or do you just kind of hope it happens but focus more on on your chess? Yeah, I don't I don't look for it myself, and um, unfortunately, federation doesn't have any sponsors also, and. Okay, I mean, I never had a sponsor in Egypt, um, neither the Federation, and uh, I don't think, you know, people are willing so much to, to sponsor anything related to chess in Egypt. Unfortunately, it's not the most popular game here. It's only basically football that is popular in Egypt. And, uh, yeah, other sports are not so much. Um, that's why, I mean, it's been difficult to get uh, proper training or camp before tournaments or so on and uh, I just have to work on my own so this is a bit difficult situation but okay I, I think it's the case in so many in so many countries around the world that uh, people mm, not so much interested in sponsoring chess players or chess events uh, because okay it's, uh, it's like a circle you know it's the media showing big interest and the businessmen will decide, okay, I can sponsor that because I'll be 
on the media and coverage and so on, people will be following, so I'll get something back. So, I mean, it's a circle that, that I hope the new feed is working to, to, to improve all over the world. And yeah, we're looking, I mean, everyone is looking forward to see how the new FIDA management is, uh, is improving the image of our game and helping to get sponsors everywhere. Yeah, it's it's always a challenge. And I mean, it it seems seems to be moving in the right direction, but there's just so many strong players like yourself who could, who could uh, use some more support. Um, well, but on, on a, what I would think would be a brighter topic, they did do the Grand Chess Tour in Cote d'Ivoire in mm-hmm. Africa, and yeah. I know that, that you yeah. got to participate. Could you, could you tell our listeners a little bit about what that experience was like? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was uh, fantastic news when I first heard that Grand Chess Tour is officially coming to Africa. Uh, a year before, they organized a, a tournament with the same format as Grand Chess Tour, but only for 10 African players like high-rated player from 10 different countries. Uh, it was like a, you know, test tournament to, to see how the, everything will go with organization and uh, broadcasting and so on, to try if the gun chess tour could be organized in Africa. And that tournament went very well. I also played there and I won that tournament. And then the next year when it was confirmed that uh, the Grand Chess Tour is officially coming to Cote d'Ivoire again. Well, first I was hoping to get the wild card invitation, of course, and then when I got it, I was very happy, of course, because it's my first ever opportunity to play in such very, very strong ground robin tournament. Uh, also, Magnus was playing there. Uh, actually, all the rapid and the specialists were, were playing. <laughs> Hikaru, Hikaru, Nipomiachi, Kayakin. Wesley so Ding and we, I mean, everyone was very strong. To even wild cards also with uh, Topalov and uh, me and uh, it was two or three. Uh, uh, and we was the third wild card. So I mean, everyone was very very strong there. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience for me to play 27 games, each very strong. And. Uh, yeah, I think I learned a lot from uh, this tournament. I got a big experience and also, you know, getting the feeling to play with these top players is, is very good for for yourself and for your confidence. Okay, especially if you will start winning sometimes, winning some games, it's very important. Uh, because I had a quite tough start in the first day, even though I had very good uh, positions. But okay, still it's rapid and good, so... Yeah, getting good positions is not enough. You have to convert right. it also, yeah. which is not easy because they are very, very strong in defending also that position. So to win a game is really, really hard. And yeah, you could just lose all your advantages in one move. So yeah, it was a great experience that I'm still happy about. But still, I hope it uh, it will happen again. And next time I'll show much better set and results. So, yeah. So what in terms of your chess, what do you, is there, is there one lesson that you, like, was there a primary lesson derived from playing against uh, the, the world's best players? Um, or was it more sort of um, just you need to work on a little bit of everything sort of thing? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, just wise you have, you have, you always have to work. Everyone has to work. Even Magnus still has to work on everything. But okay, for me, it was important that uh, to feel that I can beat these guys, you know, like, okay, I already beat some of them there and I had so many winning positions there. So, I mean, it's not impossible or I'm not so far uh, chess wise from them, you know, I just need some more work and I can get there. This, this was very important to know, I would say. That's great. Yeah. And I, I know, of course, you beat GM Nakamura and GM Tapalov. So um, definitely, um, mm-hmm. uh, even if you know, the overall result wasn't as strong as you might have hoped, I mean, it's, it's incredible yeah. to, to get results like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I missed so many winning positions there. Also. Yeah. And, uh, yeah so, it was, so do you think that means you need to work on your technique in particular? Or Yes. Yes, of course. Okay. I mean, Especially for rapid and blitz, it's, I mean, I don't usually play blitz or train so much there. So, 
yeah, when you go to long time, I, I usually have some tr tr some troubles, I'd say, uh, converting the games and so on. But okay, I, mean, I try to focus more on classical chess. Mm -hmm. uh, but okay, I mean, still now, like most of the tournaments are getting involved with rapid and blitz and even World Cup. So obviously, I need to to improve this, and uh, yeah, I should try to do something about it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you've got quite a busy life. I mean, you've you've been to China. You've yeah. you've been to uh, you've been to Siberia. Now you're back in Egypt. Yeah, actually, I'm... starting end of June till uh, okay, fifteenth of September after the World Cup, I I barely been home. Like just few days, like transit in, in home and then travel again. So it was very very busy couple of months. Wow. Well, again, I really appreciate your, your taking time for your busy schedule to, to, to answer my questions. Um, that, that I don't, I don't want that to be lost in this because your, your, your schedule just strikes me as so hectic and you've got, uh, the Isle of Man in France coming up. Anything, anything beyond yes. that this year? Uh, no, after, okay. This Isle of Man most probably will be my last classical tournament of the year. It's already been a quite long year for me. And then, okay, I play this uh, rapid uh, tournament in Kaldag in France, uh, Anatoly Karpov Cup. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to play this tournament. It's my first time to play it, and it's 25th anniversary for the tournament. And it's very exciting for Matt. It's uh, eight-player uh, round-robin, and we play double-round-robin, actually, and then first four qualify to play uh, semi-final and then final. So, okay, first I hope to be in top four and then to keep playing in uh, semi-final and final, I hope. And then after this tournament, I'll uh, just play uh, probably just uh, league games in uh, Bundesliga or in Sweden. And uh, then, okay, World of Rapid and Blitz, if it's organized in December, usually, mm -hmm. end of December. That's, that's, that's my plan till the end of the year. Yeah. Wow, still, still a lot. So... When you are, yeah. <laughs> and when you are able to work on your chess, you you know we had mentioned uh, converting advantages. Um, I'm sure you all you know even you mentioned you had a narrow repertoire, but I'm still at, I, I'm sure it mm -hmm. still requires constant maintenance. So, what is your study yeah. routine like when when you're able to sit down and and actually study chess or turn on the computer or whatever it it may be? Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean usually when I have time, I either try to work on openings or like play some online games or solve tactics. Uh, to do openings, but either I'm analyzing some of my games that I have problems and trying to fix these problems, or I'm trying to maybe learn some new opening or something, so either reading from a book or uh, watching some online videos. Like recently, okay, there's uh, like videos from Chess24. It's very interesting. Uh, to, to learn new openings and uh, or just to buy uh, some DVD or some other site like Modern Chess. They also have some uh, opening repertoire, uh, just database that you could download and learn it with comments from very good grandmasters also. So, I mean, there's uh, these ways to do openings. For me, usually I, I use computer. I'm not much of a book either. So, it's usually on computer. And, uh, yeah, when I, ha I want to try a new opening, I just try to play some Blitz games to, to memorize the variations because I usually forget it. And then after, after the game, I try to check what I should have played, what I forgot, and so on. And that's how I could learn it better. And, yeah, as long, as much time as I have, I try to work. But it's not so easy to, to have so much time now, even when at home, because of with the baby run goes away for the time and it's, uh, it's easy to it's not easy to concentrate uh, but okay I try whenever possible to, to do as much work as I can yeah and I know you mentioned we're doing this interview as your daughter naps is is, is she a good sleeper yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes now she, she's she's sleeping at night uh, but okay I'm I used before to, to wake up a bit later at 10, 10 or 11 in the morning but now when my baby woke up at seven or eight, I have to to be awake also, you know, because it's not easy to sleep when she's awake because she <laughs> likes to play and uh, speak, of course, and say things. So it's uh, 
it's difficult to go sleep to stay sleeping when she's awake. So now I changed to to waking up very early, and now of course I sleep early also. So it's a bit new lifestyle for me. Yeah. But okay, I think it's not bad to to actually it's the right way to wake up early and sleep early. So she's she's been useful to me anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had a, I had a similar indoctrination when I had kids. Uh, I think a lot of chess players are night owls, but kid, kids aren't having it for the most part. They they won't tolerate that. <laughs> um, yeah. So you just getting before I, I let you go, if you don't mind, um, I read a little mm-hmm. bit about your background learning chess at the age of five in Egypt and your father finding some trainers for you. But because it's so rare that I get to, to speak to someone from your continent in general, in Egypt in particular, do you mind um, telling me what it was like in order to, to become a top junior player in Egypt? Did you feel that it was um, did you feel that you had equal opportunity and what, what sort of resources did you did you use in your younger days? Uh, yeah, I mean, first, uh, when I started chess, it was, yeah, it was almost five, and it was a coincidence, of course, that okay, my father, he wasn't a chess player, he just knew how to play the game, and uh, he just taught me the game, and I liked it so much, and uh, he felt I have a big interest there. He didn't know that there's something called chess tournaments, except uh, one day he was just reading in the newspaper that there's, okay, Egyptian your tournament is going to be organized. And then, okay, he just uh, said, okay, you could go and play. And uh, I got second place under 12, and wow. I was almost six years old. So it was a very encouraging start, I would say. And then, okay, of course, in the tournament, we knew more that there's coaches and so on. And then I started training and playing in the Egyptian league. I mean, there wasn't so much of young players in Egypt back then. I mean, the younger it was like under 16 in the, all the tournaments and so on, the leagues and even in open tournaments, it's only, it used to be only like under 16 is the minimum. So I was one of the youngest uh, to be playing. And uh, yeah, I started training and then okay, I started doing all of those tournaments and then uh, I kept getting rating and improving. And uh, yeah, okay, I had coaches in Egypt. Uh, first uh, from Egyptian coaches until I become 23, 2400 and then uh, yeah, okay, starting 2003 I'm working on my own uh, only in computer and uh, online and uh, yeah, only from 2003, okay, we had one coach training with one year, one month sorry, one month training with uh, Latvian coach Edwin Skingin which was very useful one month, it was me and uh, Grandmaster Ahmad Adli also from Egypt, both of us, and this one month was very helpful for us. But okay, since this month in 2003, we didn't have any coaching till, well, till uh, last Olympiad 2018. We had uh, also a couple of weeks before before Olympiad with uh, Russian Grandmaster Sergei Grigoryan, uh, and then he traveled with us to the Olympiad, and then this year we also had uh, Ukrainian Master Mikhail Oleksenko uh, with us in the West teams and also before World Cup. So yeah, this is only three times we had since 2003. Uh, and it's both like a couple of weeks time training. So I think at this level you, you I mean, we need more, more of course of these uh, training camps and uh, not just once a year, you know, at least three times a year, that would be very useful, I would say. Well, I mean, I can't even imagine to go from 2300 to 2700, almost all on your own, and be getting a medical degree at the same time. I just, (laughs) it's quite an achievement. Um, The medicine that was very, very hard hard to combine both, and to keep playing and, and studying, of course, it was really difficult, especially that in Egypt, I mean, with education, they are not very supportive, you know, that if you are playing a tournament and you could miss some exams or some lectures, it, I mean, they wouldn't care so much, so it was really not easy job, but okay, I'm, wow. I'm glad I, I managed to, to do both. Well, yeah, well, well, the chess world is glad as well, I mean, but th- that's incredible. I mean, yeah. the, the strongest player in, in your country, and they, they don't make uh, they don't make exceptions <laughs> for you. That's a little disappointing to hear. Um, 
So yeah, actually, one 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 year in 2008, I was in my third year, and uh, okay, I had to to write some exam in August, and then it was uh, my last my last year that I could play in all the juniors championship, and of course, I had hopes, of course, to 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 win the tournament. Uh, I had okay, I finished like I got bronze medal before I finished fourth, fifth, I mean, got so many places in top ten, so I always was were hoping to to win. Uh, all the Tier World Junior Tournament, and it was my last chance, and it was clashing with that exam, so I had to make a choice, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I chose to play the tournament, and after I got a bronze medal in the tournament, I came back, and of course I had to, to wait one more year to, to write this exam, they couldn't make any exception to, to write Jeez. it quickly, no? yeah, so it was very bad, but okay. Oh wow! <laughs> That's what I made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, so, what is reflecting on all that you've achieved so far in in your chess career? What is your? Do you have a favorite moment? Do you have something that you think of first that you're most proud of achieving, or like the the best feeling you ever had in terms of uh, attaining a result or a milestone in your chess? Uh, okay. I mean, of course, the biggest milestone is uh, achieving twenty seven hundred. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think this is the. I mean, for the first time, I felt it. It's also like for for all African players. I mean, it was like an inspiration for them to that they feel now that okay, it's African players become twenty seven. It's not impossible to to become one of the top players in the world. So I felt it from from the other people comments. You know how how happy they were that uh, like one player from. They knew some someone from the continent became 2700, and also that okay. I'm, I'm, as you said, I, I think I got there in 2017, so it's almost two years now, and I'm still there. Okay, I haven't improved so much. I mean, I keep going up 10 points, minus 10 points, and so on, but I'm still in this area. So it means that my level is there, you know. Yeah. But it's time to to try to improve now, and this is my goal. But it needs so much hard work now to because each one point now is, is very difficult to get so because you have to beat 2700 players to, to improve which is very difficult of course and you have also to play uh, certain tournaments you know like playing open tournaments is very risky so which i do quite often so <laughs> that's why it's not so easy to keep the rating or keep improving your rating but yeah i'm, I'm trying and uh, i hope to get some uh, some disinterest in January and February, and then to use this couple of months to get some good training, try to improve my openings a little bit, and then hopefully next year will be better for me. Well, I mean, from from my perspective, the again, while you've had so much going on in your life to make all of this progress and to consolidate near your peak rating is not that's not a bad thing. I mean, yeah, as as you as you well know. Uh, you, you know, you can't can't go straight up forever. So, um, yeah, to, exactly. to just to just uh, have your rating uh, relatively flat around twenty seven hundred is still uh, in- incredible. Um, so, last thing before I, I let you go, um, do you have any general advice for for busy people looking to improve their chess? Um, <laughs> even <laughs> even the amateur players, obviously. No, I mean it depends on on the level. I mean, if say someone who's around 2,000 rating and they want to improve, it's very easy. I mean, whatever time you spend on chess, it will be very useful for you. You just have to do it to spend it right. If you have like two hours, I mean, you could spend them playing Blizzard Bullet Online, which will be absolutely not useful for you. But you could use it doing something useful, like solving tactics, learning end games, uh, learning some new opening. Uh, watching some videos, just spend the time you you give to chess right. This is important, and uh, yeah, just play. Especially for for amateur players, just don't play so much blitz. It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> and and then for for players for striving professionals like yourself, how does how do, would the advice change? Uh, of course, with. Rating increase, uh, the problem becomes more and more in the openings because you 
you have to always find, you just don't need to learn the opening, you have to find new ideas there, which is very difficult. Because uh, okay, everyone knows the opening, so if you just play it, then okay, you, you didn't surprise your opponent in any, in any way. So you have to always find new ideas, new moves, uh, and this requires, of course, so much work, and because it's not something you find in the books. You have right. something you have to find your own, and uh, that's why you just could spend hours in, in some variation, and you just find nothing there. So yeah. you never know how uh, how or when you will find some new idea. And once you do, you are like very happy, you know. When I'm analyzing some variation and I find some new idea, I feel like okay, I already made my day, you know. It's, it's yeah. perfect. So yeah, uh, but of course, you know, still. Working with opening takes much time, and this could affect other parts of the game, like middle game and end game. You always have to keep uh, practicing, solving tactics, reading your end games. I mean, always in, in games, in, in practice, uh, you get to some end games that you should like should know how to win or something, like, especially with look end games. And even top players, you know, you always like lose drawing position, drawing position, and so on. And it's one move, one square difference. So, it's also difficult to to be accurate there, especially you usually don't have so much time there left in the end game. So this is also very important to keep practicing your end game and try to memorize it and so on. So I mean, chess is is quite a difficult game, but uh, you just have to keep working and practicing, and then you, you will improve. That's for sure. Okay, great. Well, that is some some helpful advice. I really appreciate it. And again, I I just want to congratulate you on all your su- success. And um, I hope you don't lose sight of all that that you've accomplished, even as you as you try to do more. I hope so. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, we'll let you get back to your family and your busy life. But we'll be we'll be rooting <laughs> for you uh, at Isle of Man and at the Karpov Trophy Tournament in France. And uh, uh, GM Bassam, uh, what is the best way for people to to keep up with you uh, as you um, um, on so, on social media? Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm using. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all uh, GM Basim Amin. So they can follow me uh, everywhere there. GM Basim Amin. And Excellent. I usually post updates on my tournaments there. Okay, so I will link to all of those, and I, I wish you uh, safe travels and uh, continued success. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Ben. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Special thanks, as always, to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank everyone who helps spread the word about Perpetual Chess. The ways to do so include writing a positive review on Apple Podcasts or another podcast platform, telling a friend, spreading the word on social media. All of that stuff helps. But most of all, I want to thank the people who support the show financially. Without you guys, Perpetual Chess would not be possible. So I would like to give thanks to the following people and entities, my PayPal and Patreon Perpetual Chess Partners. Here we go. They are extra special thanks to Chessable.com and Quality Chess Books and the Capital City Chess Club, Chess Twitch channel, Andrew Bach, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porto, Kathy Cow, Chad Oliver, Dan O'Hanlon, Danny Davidson, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, Faraz Sawaf, Gary Foreman, Greg Natel, Greg Shahadi, Guvin Manet, Jens Green, John Jernigan, John Cromarty, Kelly Palmer, Lone Pine Chess, Lorraine Duray, the law offices of Stuart Katz, Michael Can, my main man, Moonmaster9000, Seattle Chess Club, Thomas Stonix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryan, Todd Kennedy, and I'd also like to thank Aaron Wafflar, Ace Vallega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Alex Pejas, FM Andre Tarakov, Andrew Perry, Bill Moran, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard Lynn, Brian Mullis, Chad Hilton, Chris Balcom, Chris Flanagan, Chris Wainscott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalicki, aka Chess Explained, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Courtney Fry, David Kofer, Daniel Gell, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Lucas of US Chess, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Cramley, CEO of Chessable.com, Daylin Shelton, Dwayne Edmonds, Ethan Smith, 
Donnie Ariel, who may be an IM elect or maybe just has the titles, and I'm not sure if that makes him an IM elect, but thank you, Donnie, anyway. Fox Valley Chess Club, Frank Tortoris, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Geert Vanderveld, Gerard Barta, Giovanni Russo, Han Shu, Harish Srinivasan, James Banastia, Jason Onfang, Jason Woolham, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, JJ Stranad, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman, John Zlosnick, Justin Gardner, Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, GM Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, I am Kostya Kovutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Larry Reiforth, Laura Belyavsky, Lucio Casada Silva, Martin Knudsen, Matthew Passi, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, the Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Miguel Araspide, Mr. Mike Shahadi, Nate Salon, Neil Bruce, Olaf Mueller Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passi Passanen, Paul Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Swanee, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Peter Merrifield, Randy Temple, Ricky Grahava, Roy Yearwood, Ryan Berg, Scott Doherty, Scott McKinnon, WGM Tatyav Abrahamian, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Tomas Komanich, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Victor Vrancouz, William H. Brock, William Peterson, FM Zhao Chang, and Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks a lot, everyone. I will catch you all next week. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.